you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. Amen. Listen, I'm, guys, I'm just giving you a heads up that uh, this coming Friday is February 14th, which is Valentine's Day, which is Love Day. We're doing a series. This is the second week of Loving Like Jesus. And so uh, this, sometimes we talk about February as the love month. Um, <clears throat> the world identifies love on Valentine's Day. Um, I'm glad that we have a day to celebrate love, but really, what is it all about? You know, we have to back up a little bit and think about the way we use words and what it, what it really means. Do, do, do you think that there's a change in the meaning of words in the culture that we live in? I mean, 10, 15, probably 10, 15 years ago, I think... That's safe enough to go back. I never walked into a store and saw a display for Valentine's Day with nothing but lingerie. I'm like, what's up with this? Red lingerie. Tiger lingerie. I mean, really? Valentine's Day is all about SEX? I mean, come on. Like, is this shocking? I mean, right up at the beginning of the message. What that says to me is what's in it for me, right? If I buy some flowers, if I take my wife out to dinner, then there's something in it for me at the end of the meal, at the end of the night, right? I'm getting a lot of shocked looks. But has it come down to that? I mean, really? Is that what love is? Love doesn't equal S-E-X. And I think I did a message one time about that. And I think we should speak boldly and frankly because the world is. They're not holding back. And so, listen, this series is not about how to m- make love or have sex or that couples should celebrate this uh, month called the Love Month. We need to look at where love is defined from the Word. Who... God is because God is love. And then stick with the definition that God gave us about love because it's so much deeper than skin. Love is so much deeper than skin. And that's the first point in the notes. If you're um, taking notes, you can go to lifeway.church forward slash 02-09-20. And find the notes there. Love is deeper than skin. And so the world has a twisted view of love. Let's read John 13. Verses 1 through 17. I'm going to read right through it without any pauses. This is a scene of love. This is a moment of love. Deep love. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that, this, his, uh, that his hour had come, the hour had come, for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. 
And that's something that should be underlined. That is a bold statement. Jesus never gave up on those that he loved, that the Father gave him to love, and he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God, so he got up from the meal. Jesus got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part in me or with me. And then Simon Peter replied, Lord, don't just wash my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet... You also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And so this is a moment in time in the life of the earthly ministry of Jesus that was a a climactic moment where Jesus, I mean, you, you watch movies and you see, you see these, these keystone moments, these apex moments in a, in a film where the whole thing is revolving around this one moment. This is, this is a moment in the life of Jesus while he was here on earth that he displayed love to all of his disciples, but one in particular that was about to betray him. And the others knew it. They were aware of what was going on. And so there's, a, there's, a off, there's so much here. There's an, I started to say there's an awful lot here. There is an awful lot in this one passage. But we're going to point uh, three things out this morning. And we're, we're talking about serving and how Jesus served. And how he washed feet. And it's not just washing feet. It's not an ordinance. It's not a doctrine. Jesus didn't say here, now you should do this every third Sunday in the church. Although there have been times where church services have involved a foot washing. Very humbling. I experienced those one of, one of those times one time. But Jesus 
loved them, therefore he served them. Or we could say it this way, Jesus served them because he loved them. And he taught us that we need to be servants. We need to be serving one another and loving one another. In fact, in uh, Matthew 23, verses 11 and 12, Jesus said this, Matthew uh, uh, 23, verses 11 and 12. Jesus said, The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This was Jesus' teaching. And here in this moment in John 13, he was showing them what he was teaching them, or he was teaching by example. So the first point we can see that happened in this moment was that Jesus got up. We have to get up. We have to get up and take our eyes off of ourselves. <laughs> we have to look at other people. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm, I'm looking at you. I got eyes on you. Not eyes of judgment and criticism, but I've got eyes on you to see what you need. Jesus saw what these disciples needed. He stopped his meal. He quit eating. Sometimes we, we just need to quit feeding our body long enough to look at somebody else to see what they need. It's not about us. But Jesus stopped in the middle of the meal and notice their proud hearts and their dirty feet. If you read the passage before this, uh, they were kind of arguing over who was going to be the first. They wanted to be the first and there was competition. And there, there, there has been competition ever since Cain and Abel, you know. My offering's better than your offering and I'm going to get to Father first and this and, you know, we, we try to position ourselves to be first in line. When Jesus here is teaching us the way up is really down. The way to be first is really to be last. To stop the meal, look at them, recognize what they needed, and minister to them. You know, we're naturally focused on ourselves. As babies, we're, we're taught everything revolves around you. All the pictures, all the things, all the toys, everybody in the family stops to watch baby grow for a year, two years. It's, oh, aren't they so cute? Aren't they so wonderful? Aren't they so... Until they become a bother and then, okay, let's push them off to this one, push them off to that one. And, but it, it, it builds our need to be needed. And we begin to focus on ourselves. And so naturally, we want to preserve and protect and promote ourselves. It's human nature that says, look at me. I'm doing something good. Let's post this on Instagram and show everybody the good work that we're doing. And I'll go back and see how many likes I get. And I'll go back every hour and see how many likes I get. Because I want to be liked, because I'm doing something good, because everybody needs to see it, and everybody needs to notice it. And aren't I so good, and aren't I doing so many good things? 
that I have to share it with everyone. Everybody's smiling, so it must be true. But we have to realize that we have to grow up and learn how to intentionally focus on others. It's less about me. I mean, uh, John the Baptist had it right. I have to, what, decrease so that Jesus can increase. We need to become others-minded. We need to become become others-minded. And it's difficult because we live in a society that is self-promoting. Self-promoting. It's all about me. It's all about me. Look at 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 me. You can only live like that for so long. Because there's not enough accolades. There are not enough likes. The more likes you get, the more likes you want. And you end up depressed because somebody else has more likes than you. So let's look at Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 45. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to what? Serve. And to give. Everybody say give. When I'm serving, I'm giving. You're not serving until you're giving. To give his life as a ransom for many. Serving begins in the heart and doesn't demand a pat on the back. Serving begins in the heart but doesn't demand a pat on the back. Well, I'm not getting the recognition that I deserve. You know, early in ministry, I had a problem with that, just being transparent with you. I thought, man, I'm doing everybody's work and everybody else is getting the credit. This just isn't Fair. And I went to the Lord. This is just isn't fair. Nobody sees me up here doing all this work and everybody else getting the credit for it. And I was fed up with it. And then the Lord took me to this verse. Be ready. Be ready. What do they say? Get your big panties on? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Look here, Matthew chapter 6. This is a big one, guys. I'm just warning you. Let's get ready, ready for this. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Matthew 6, 1 and 2. This is, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where the boys become men. It says, be careful. This is Jesus speaking again. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. hey. hey. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets 
as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. See, that's the motive. I want to be honored by everyone, so I want everyone to see this. And I was in a cycle of griping and complaining because I was doing all the work and everybody else was getting all the credit. And I was just tired of it. And I was telling the Lord that it's, it's, it's not right. It's not just. It's just not right. And I'm tired of it. And the Lord took me to this. I don't know how many times because he's patient with you. And he'll work with you as long as you're honest and real with him. Jesus says, truly, I tell you, they have already received their reward in full. Those people who try to do things to be honored by people. Who are you trying to impress who are you trying to honor? Are you doing it for God or are you doing it for man? So we have to get up like Jesus got up in the middle of the meal and take our eyes off of ourselves and focus on someone else. The second step, we have to wrap the towel around ourselves. Wrap the towel around yourself. In other words, humble yourself. Jesus took off his outer coat and put on a towel put on the towel around his waist. We could say it like this. He rolled up his sleeves to get dirty and do some work. Jesus liked to work. (laughs) He didn't mind getting a little bit dirty. He dealt with things other people didn't want to deal with. Foot washing was the duty of a slave. And so no one wanted to do that because it was demeaning was dirty. You had to get down, probably, you know, smell some smelly feet, dirty feet. All that toe jam and all that stuff, and ooh, just terrible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> probably had to work hard at getting some of those feet clean. <laughs> but Jesus humbled himself. Look at Philippians chapter 2. You know, sometimes we just need to do some things for people that they can do for themselves. You know, those guys could wash their own feet. They could have washed their own feet. But you know, some small things are really big things. And if we'll just follow the Lord and do some of the small things that he asks us to do with a servant's heart, it leads to bigger things. Remember Jesus said that the the last will be first? Don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise where you are. When the Lord leads you to do something small, always know that there's something bigger up ahead. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. It's talking about Jesus. says, Who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. It was shameful to be crucified on a cross. But Jesus identified with that in order that he might serve us with eternal salvation. He did what he did because he loved us so much. He took on human flesh, became a human, denied himself the glory. He thought that equality with God was not something to be attained. He wasn't bragging. He didn't come to the earth and say, look 
look at me. I am the son of God. You guys need to bow down to me. Even though he could have had that, that right, he didn't have that attitude. He took on human flesh in order to do a job. He became a servant so that he could do something. A lot of times we become, we're willing to dress like a servant so that people can recognize us, so that we can snap a selfie, so that we can put it on Instagram and say, look, look at the mission work that I'm doing. I'm over here suffering for Jesus. When it was just a photo op, man, you're going back to your hotel, four-star hotel. Come on. Listen, we live in the day of celebrity Christians. Come on now. Jesus was all about working, rolling, him, rolling his sleeves up. And, and he said he became, uh, Philippians says that he became a servant so that he could obey. He had to go all the way. He couldn't go halfway. He humbled himself so he could do something for someone else. There's a, here's a big life-changing prayer for you. Lord, what can I do for someone else today? Instead of, Lord, bless me, bless mine, keep me safe, feed my belly, increase my bank account. Lord, I'm here for someone else today. Help me see what I can do for someone else today. Humility, here's the definition of humility, in case you were asking, and even if you weren't. Humility is understanding who you are in light of who God is and who others are. Humility is understanding who you are in light of who God is and who others are. You have to understand you're not God. The universes don't revolve around you. And secondly, God made others with the same value and the same worth that he made you. That's why we can love other people, regardless of what they believe or what, how they act or what they look like, because the image of God is in them. God created them. God told us to love them, right? John three sixteen said, for God so loved all the Christians that he sent Jesus to bless the Christians. No, for God so loved the what? World. That he gave his only begotten son for the world so that the world would believe in him and have everlasting life. And verse 17 says, for God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world. Right? Do we love others as much as God does? Are we praying this bold prayer, this dangerous prayer? Lord, what can I do for someone else today? That's true humility. Stop. We have to stop and do something that goes against our feelings. I'm sure Jesus had feelings, and I'm sure his feelings during that last supper where he was feeling like he was going to be rejected and sold out and um, by Judas, his feelings probably needed a little bit of sympathy at the moment. He was about to be betrayed. And then he was going on to be crucified. And then he was going down to hell and be separated from his father. So 
He had feelings. I believe he felt it. But he passed through those feelings and tapped into this word of, of sacrifice. Because in, with sacrifice is our feelings. I'm going to feel it. And if I don't feel it, if I don't feel it, then it's not a sacrifice. True? If it's easy, then how big of a sacrifice is that? In fact, the word says, it's easy to love those that love you. <laughs> That's easy. How about loving somebody that doesn't love you? This says all manner of evil against you. We talked about that last week where Jesus said that we should forgive. Forgive and love our enemies. So we have to humble ourselves, wrapping that towel around ourselves. Humble ourselves. And the third step, I believe, that Jesus displayed in this was washing the feet, washing and drying the feet. And that says, be patient. When you serve people, you have to be patient with them. I don't know how long it took for Jesus to stop the meal. Think about this. He stopped the meal, and there were 12 guys there that he had to wash their feet and dry their feet. And I don't think Jesus just dumped water and threw them the towel and said, here, you, you do the rest. Jesus did an excellent job. He did everything excellent, right? And so he did a great job of washing each one of those disciples' feet. They had probably had never been washed as good as when Jesus washed their feet. What a humbling experience to have the Son of God washing your feet. Put yourself in the position of one of those disciples. So you can imagine Peter saying, Lord, I'm not, I'm not worthy of you washing my feet. It took time. And Jesus did an excellent job. And so Peter was the one that said, no, no, Jesus... Some scholars believe that Peter was the last one. So he, if that was true, then he saw Jesus wash 11 pairs of feet, 22 feet before he came to Jesus or before he came to Peter. And so that pride that Peter had, oh, Jesus, no, you, no, you can't do this. Do you really have to do this? Peter was asking this obvious question question with an obvious answer but Jesus even in that didn't rebuke him he lovingly explained that Peter you, you won't understand this now but later on you will and I believe Peter did ultimately understand what Jesus did because here's first Peter chapter 5 and verse 5 this is what Peter wrote later in life here's what he wrote in the same way you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility. In other words, wrap your towel around you. Do the ministry of a servant. Be humble. Clothe yourself with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud and shows favor to the humble. So I believe Peter did ultimately understand what Jesus was doing. But Peter had a false pride. He says, you know, you should, you should never, you, you can never wash my feet, Jesus. 
Kind of like John was, John the Baptist was like, I'm not worthy to baptize you. Jesus, I need you to baptize me. And Jesus said, no, no, we have to do this right. We have to do this right. And, and when God says to us, we have to do this thing right, and he's patient with us, we have to move out of pride and move into surrender. Okay, Lord, not my will, not, not, we don't have to do this the way that I want to do it. We have to do this thing the way that you want to do it. Jesus is so patient. He explained to Peter, listen, if we don't do this, you can't have any part of me. A servant says, yes, my Lord. Whatever you say, my Lord. I have to kind of give myself away here and just have true, true confessions for a second. But my wife and I started watching Downton Abbey. No, I would never. And for, for years, I'm like, who would ever watch a Downton Abbey? They, I thought it was Downtown Abbey, really. Downton Abbey. But it, the, 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 I like the costumes. I like the setting. I like the, the, the feel of it. And, it, and it, I like to see people, yes, my Lord. It's, it's just a respect. It's the honor and respect. And I translate that spiritually to, yes, Jesus is my Lord. Whatever he tells me to do, I'm ready to do it. Yes, my Lord. Whatever you need. Whatever. Whatever I can do for you. With excellence. With excellence. And so that surrender is needed when we come before the Lord. And Jesus is teaching Peter and the rest of them. I'm, I'm not just watching your, washing your feet. I'm serving you from my heart. I'm not just instituting some religious doctrine here of foot washing. I'm showing you how to be humble and serve and love one another. A couple of more scriptures and then we're going to take communion. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. Romans 12, 3. We have to be patient with people. We have to go through the process of washing feet and drying feet and loving on people and serving people. Listen, if you serve in Lifeway Church and you're, part of your serving is back with the children, every time that you minister to them, it's like Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. There's honor, there's respect. It, you're serving the Lord. If you're a host in here, or you're out on the parking lot, or you're behind the camera, or you're behind the audio equipment, or whatever you're doing, you're serving the Lord. There's honor in that. You're doing it with your heart. You're not doing it for man, you're doing it for God. And there's honor in that. And that's what Jesus was pointing to. He says, I'm teaching you by showing you how to be humble and serve and love one another. Romans 12, 3, this is the Passion Translation. It says this, God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement 
And then you will see your true value with appropriate self-esteem. So God doesn't mind us having self-esteem, but some people use that cloak of self-esteem as pride. Look at me. I've done this. I've done that. I can do this. I'm Superman. And the Lord is saying, hey, without me, you're nothing. And without me, you can do nothing. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3, 3 through 5, the Passion Translation. It says, be free from pride-filled opinions. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. See, where there's pride, there's strife, contention. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. That takes a lot of love. Abandon. Every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. So there's a couple of points from this verse. Put others first. View others as more important. We go back to the hearing. Be quick to hear and slow to speak. Or slow to speak and quick to hear. Practice asking questions of other people so that they can tell you about themselves. Let them know how much you value what they say by listening to them. Abandon selfishness. In order to abandon selfishness, we have to identify it before it manifests. <laughs> and so we have to pray a bold prayer. Holy Spirit, show me before I ever become selfish that I'm headed in that direction. Arrest me before I think of myself more than I think of other people. And then let the mind of Christ motivate you. We have the mind of Christ, but how often do we use it how often do we think like Jesus thinks? If we'll slow down, this last point again, be patient. Wash the feet and dry the feet of Jesus. He'll show us how to think like him, act like him, and we'll be a blessing and we'll be serving one another in love with the right motivation. Not to get something from somebody, but to Bless them. God created us to bless and to give, not to be takers. One last thing I want to read to you. This is Rick Renner's Greek interpretive version of Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3. They don't have a slide for this, but I'm just going to read it. and I know you can pick it up in your heart. And you can go back and look at on the video and listen to it. Do not jockey for position or try to prove your importance to others 
with a lot of hollow, empty boasting and self-promotion. Instead, have a modest opinion of yourself and learn to recognize the outstanding contributions that others have to impart. So, life is better together. When we love one another and we serve one another, listen, the whole body of Christ is, is built up to do the work of the ministry. That's our job is to, to, to grow up, to be built up, to do the work of the ministry. I need you. You need me. We need, we need each other as the body of Christ more today than ever before. The world needs to see the love of God in us, flowing through us, unhindered. And so my eyes and my heart have to be on you. My prayer every morning has to be, Lord, and this is not just a prayer for a pastor. Lord, show me somebody in Lifeway Church that needs me to pray for them today. And if you need me to follow up on that and give them a phone call or send them a gift card in the mail, whatever it takes to make someone else know that they are important to God. The times where I felt sorry for myself and just started falling into this hole of depression, the way out of that is to begin to look at other people, minister to other people. And you, you can't even believe what, how big just a small word is. Do you understand what I just said? How big a small word is, a small gesture you look so good today. You're such a lovely young lady. <laughs> right, Diane? A lovely young lady. And they, they kept saying, well, please tell me some more. <laughs> I caught them out there in the, in the front. Lovely young ladies. And when you're giving like that, the moment you give, man, it starts coming back to you. They're like, yeah, you're such a handsome pastor, wonderful pastor. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I look so young. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. And remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.